Hi there, this is Taylor checking in with some conservation news from the past couple weeks for Pelicanus and intentional ecology. Working in the environmental field is an experience of some very high highs and some low lows. As always, there are horrendous environmental stories that deserve our attention, action, and mobilization, but it is our opinion that you can find those headlines in many places. But there are also empowering and inspiring stories that demonstrate major conservation successes from around the globe, achieved by real people who have grouped together to create a better planet. We've been collecting these stories and messages every week for years, and I'm still surprised at how resilient and creative both nature and humans are when facing big challenges. Hi everyone, we've got about six big headlines for today's Pelicanus News. I've categorized them into drawdown and wildlife. These stories are truly wild and also reminders to me that conservation success comes in all forms. All right, first category, first headline in drawdown from the New York Times.com. Japan's new leader sets ambitious goal of carbon neutrality by 2050. The announcement, coming weeks after a similar pledge by China, will require a major overhaul of the infrastructure in Japan, which remains heavily dependent on fossil fuels. The Japanese Prime Minister laid out the goal during his first major policy speech since taking office in September, when Japan's longest-serving leader, Shinzo Abe, abruptly resigned. The announcement comes just weeks after China, Japan's regional rival, said it would reduce its net carbon emissions to zero by 2060. Japan is the world's fifth largest emitter of greenhouse gases. It had previously said it would go carbon neutral at the earliest possible date, vowing to reduce greenhouse gas emissions 80% by 2050. Japan now joins China, the largest polluter, and the European Union in promising to bring their net carbon emissions down to zero. China's leader, Xi Jinping, made his country's pledge last month during the United Nations General Assembly. This second one is from TheGuardian.com. Renewable energy defies COVID to hit record growth in 2020. Global renewable electricity installation will hit a record level in 2020, according to the International Energy Agency, in sharp contrast with the declines caused by the coronavirus pandemic in the fossil fuel sectors. The IEA report says almost 90% of new electricity generation in 2020 will be renewable, with just 10% powered by gas and coal. This trend puts green electricity on track to become the largest power source in 2025, displacing coal, which has dominated for the past 50 years. Renewable power is defying the difficulties caused by the pandemic, showing robust growth while other fuels struggle, said Fatih Birol, the IEA's executive director. The resilience and uh, positive prospects of the sector are clearly reflected by continued strong appetite from investors. Fossil fuels have had a turbulent time in 2020 as COVID-related measures caused demand from transport and other sectors to plunge. Third one, out of theguardian.com. 
BP plans move into green hydrogen production. BP plans to take its first steps into the burgeoning market for green hydrogen alongside the offshore wind developer Orsted by developing a hydrogen project at one of its refineries in Germany. The energy companies plan to create the clean burning gas by using renewable energy generated by Orsted's North Sea wind farms to split water into hydrogen and oxygen at BP's Ligon refinery from 2024. The refinery will host an industrial scale electro electrolyzer with an initial capacity of 50 megawatts, which is capable of reducing enough of the green gas to replace a fifth of the refinery's existing hydrogen demand, which relies on fossil fuels. The oil company's decision to begin producing green hydrogen, which can replace fossil fuel gas without the carbon emissions, is an important step in its aim to become a carbon neutral company by 2050. BP has promised to reduce its fossil fuel production by 40% over the next 10 years and increase its investment in sustainable energy solutions such as renewable electricity, green hydrogen, and carbon capture. It is a small step, but a really big step, I think. The, the next headline is out of uh, usnews.com. And this one's fascinating. Um, and I don't fully understand it. But it, again, this is a great sign. Um, wealthy countries edge towards global climate finance goal. Wealthy countries have ramped up financing to help developing countries cut carbon emissions and cope with the impact of climate change, although it is unclear if they will meet their goal of $100 billion this year. In its annual update on climate finance for developing countries, the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, OECD, said donor governments contributed $78.9 billion in 2018, the latest year for which data are available. This was an 11% increase from $71.2 billion in 2017. The funds include loans, grants, and a small amount of equity, plus private investments, which public bodies helped mobilize. Developed countries agreed at the United Nations in, 20, uh, in 2009 to together contribute $100 billion a year each year by 2020 in climate finance to poorer countries, many of whom are grappling with rising seas, storms, and droughts made worse by climate change. That I, I didn't even know that that agreement was made in twenty um, or in two thousand and nine, and to see that even through all the COVID stuff, that they're getting closer to that goal, is is really remarkable. Um, I, I'm really curious to see how that plays out too. The next category, there's two headlines in here. This is in wildlife. Both of these are phenomenal. The first one is out of NPR.org. In historic move, Colorado voters decide to reintroduce the gray wolf. This is why it's amazing. It's because it's coming from the voters. In Colorado, a historic ballot measure to force the state to reintroduce gray wolves has passed by the slimmest of margins. Proposition 114 directs state wildlife managers to bring wolves back to Colorado's western mountains by 2024. This was an up or down vote, Rob Edward, who led the ballot campaign for the Rocky Mountain Wolf Action Fund, said. 
If the people of Colorado say we want wolves, the next step is to lean into that reality and find a common path forward. In a move criticized as ballot box biology, passage means Colorado will become the first state where voters direct the reintroduction of gray wolves rather than the federal government. Those previous efforts have brought populations of wolf, wolves back to various levels of success to the Northern Rockies, New Mexico, Arizona, and the Carolinas. One complicating factor is the recent federal decision to remove gray wolves from the endangered species list. Now, this is also fascinating. If that decision survives the expected legal challenges, it could make Colorado's task easier though, since state wildlife managers won't need permission from the US Fish and Wildlife Service to manage the species but it may also mean that the state won't be able to receive federal grants for the project. I am completely blown away by this. Um, this is the, I, I would not have guessed that um, voters would choose to reintroduce wolves. Um, I'm really, really pleased to see that. Um, and I'm gonna be paying attention to that. Last article in this category and the last one for the news today. This one is out of the newyorkpost.com and China's wildlife crime prosecutions are up sharply after COVID outbreak. China prosecuted more than 15,000 people for wildlife related crimes in the first nine months of the year up 66% from 2019, state prosecutors said, as authorities moved to enforce a trafficking ban imposed after the COVID outbreak. China said in a statement that nearly 7,000 of the total arrests involved the violation of fishing restrictions. Around 4,000 people were prosecuted for illegal hunting and 3,000 for illegally purchasing, transporting, and selling endangered wild animal products. Uh, China warns that a large proportion of the illegal wildlife business has shifted online, with traders using e-commerce platforms to sell prohibited wild animals. The exotic pet trade was also a rising challenge, it added. Still, that's a lot of prosecutions and a huge jump up from last year, and uh, something I'm, I'm really excited to see. I hope these stories bring some optimism and lightness to the middle of your month, and uh, I look forward to sharing more in the future.